0: Your daily dose of sports and fun. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction.
1: I'm Mike Hebert, owner of Cantex Roofing and Construction. Every day is game day and we'll get it right when it comes to your roofing, construction, windows, and mirrors.
2: Call Cantex Roofing and Construction today.
3: Together, we are one serving you. Thank you for being with us today. Your thoughts, your comments on the Yates Flooring Center chat line, go to www.tt973.com for that, or the mobile app, which is presented by Happy State Bank. Visual Edge IT hotline is open as well. Uh, Hall of Fame game is tonight. The NFL season gets underway. They'll uh, play there in Canton at Tom Benson Stadium. Um, so they'll play there. And then they, I always liked the Hall of Fame inductions when they did them on the, on the steps there of the, the front of the hall of, of the Hall of Fame, um, you know, and they had a. And it's always it's always extremely hot and muggy, and you know, the sweat's just pouring off these guys. And it, so they've made it a little bit more comfortable for them. They've built a gigantic stage, um, and then a lot of the previous Hall of Famers are sitting behind them, and they'll they'll introduce them as they come through. And it's it's a very it's a relatively small. Um, you know, Hall of Fame in terms of just of entrance, which makes it uh, very impressive. I think the number is something like three hundred uh, and something Hall of Famers that have been inducted. Mm-hmm. So when you think about you know hundred years of the National Football League or and and just everything that it, it goes with, um, you know that's 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 pretty amazing. Um, that's that it's that small um, uh, of a class now their classes seem to be getting bigger each year um, but just the number of people that are that are in it uh, there's 371 uh, Hall of Famers so I mean it's 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 a small club and sure. it's a small club so you have uh, Zach Thomas going in uh, as a member of the Miami Dolphins um, and then uh You've got Demarcus Ware going in, who played obviously for the Cowboys and for uh, the Denver Broncos. Uh, unlike uh, the Baseball Hall of Fame, Baseball Hall of Fame, you have guys that will, you know, have their cap of their team uh, on their bust. The Pro Football Hall of Fame guys, it's just their it's just their face, their bust. There's, I don't think there's anything that distinguishes them with with a particular team. It's getting harder on the pro on the on the baseball side of things because these guys have played for a lot of different teams. And sometimes it's the team that meant the most to them, or maybe where they had the most success, or maybe it's the last team, or the team that they have the least bitterness against.
2: Yeah, that, that's <laughs>
3: totally totally true. You know, and then and then some organization that didn't anger
2: them the most.
3: Yeah, and then some. Um, very few don't have any uh, affiliation. I think one of those was this past year. One of the guys that went in this past year didn't have a logo on his uh, cap.
2: And that might be because he didn't want to disrespect. Yeah. By leaving one off. One,
3: one off. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, a gr- great article yesterday in the Dallas Morning News about uh, DeMarcus Ware. And the, the here's the interesting thing about him is that he had to get over the fear of getting hit to play football. Sure, he was a. I think probably like a lot of these guys, an all-sport athlete growing up. I mean, he was he was a basketball guy who had the kind of the frame of. He was six two. He was one hundred and eighty five pounds, and he played a lot of baseball and played a lot of basketball and participated in uh, in uh, track as well. Uh, he was a pitcher and an outfielder uh, on the run, on the track side. He was in the running events. Uh, he finished 15th in the long jump at the Alabama Outdoor Track and Field Championships. He said "I'm not in this article, I'm not going to come in last, but, sec- but third or second. Uh, but he finished 15th. Um, he played football in middle school and then at Auburn High School until the 10th grade. And then he decided, hey, I want to focus on other sports because I don't want to get hit. And then a lot of the guys ahead of him graduated and he decided to give uh, football another try and uh, concentrate on defense. And um, he he uh, then got involved in the defense. And one day in drills, they did the Oklahoma drill, and he took on the biggest player and knocked him down. And he said in this article, if I can instill fear on the other side, I'll always win. I have to beat this guy. If I can hit harder than him, I can play this sport. He was a linebacker. He was a beast. I was a wide receiver. And I said, you know, it's not about how big you are. It's about how much heart you have and you keep that heart pumping no matter what you do, you do it harder than anybody else on the football field, they will get tired eventually. That's how I always felt, even in the NFL. If I can come in better shape, better than you, eventually you're going to give up. So, yeah, you know, you think about uh, Zach Thomas probably in some similar ways, you know, in terms of a guy that I heard LeVar Arrington talking about him this morning on Double T-97.3, and apparently Arrington and Zach Thomas uh, became friends and close friends uh, during their NFL careers and he talked about how he became emotional when he learned that Thomas was going to um, make it into the Pro Football Hall of Fame he said it was long deserved um, but he, he talked about how he was never the fastest, never the strongest never the biggest uh, but just uh, kept coming at you and uh, obviously had a lot of respect for what he did in college and also in what he did um, in, uh, in pro football as well so that'll be cool to see uh, to see Zach going in. <clears throat> uh, this from the Eighth Foreign Center chat line. You've seen it was not the only one of 2022 class going into the hall with no team. The Roy, the late Roy Holiday, who spent his career with the Blue Jays and Phillies, will also have no logo. Greg Maddox, Tony Larusa, and Catfish Hunter are among other Hall of Famers who have no logos on their plaques. Hunter played a lot with the A's and with the Yankees. Larusa, of course, managed the White Sox, managed the A's, managed the the um Cardinals Cardinals, where he had probably his most success. I mean he won a World Series with the A's, but also I imagine his decision was
1: between the A's and the Cardinals and yeah. he didn't want to get upset either.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And you know, Maddox, you know, had a lot of success with the Cubs and obviously with the Braves as well. So that that's uh I don't I don't begrudge those guys for doing that. Did so.
1: Winfield go
2: with the, go with a cap?
3: Or did he go no cap too? I think Winfield
1: went Padres. Did he go Padres? That's what
2: yeah. I thought. Yeah, I thought he was the first San Diego Padre ever inducted into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I
3: think he took pride in that too.
2: Well, I mean, the owner of the Yankees kind of
3: pushed him in that direction,
2: him over, so yeah. didn't feel like it was going to be the Yankees. Well,
1: you can make the argument he's one with three.
2: Yeah.
1: With the Blue Jays and the Yankees.
2: He what with three? He
1: could have three between the Yankees, the Padres. Yeah, he and,
2: won his only World Series with the Blue Jays, but he only I mean, he was basically a random player there. Hmm. Um, played for Cleveland too, but no. Yeah, I think the Padres was the right choice for Winfield. Much as I would have loved him being a Yankee, I get it.
3: Yeah, yeah no, no question. I mean, it's just kind of is what it is on on that deal. Uh, it's. 6:38 this morning here on the morning drive, the uh, Astros kept pace uh, last night with the Texas Rangers. They're they're not going away, by the way, are they?
2: Does not appear so.
3: They won uh, three to two yeah. over Cleveland last or yesterday Ye- after
2: yesterday. They actually tied it for a little while.
3: Yeah, because they would have going into the game, they would have been picked up a they, half game. Yeah, they played early. And, yeah, yeah. Put a, put a little so they little,
2: played they they got it even
3: they did get it even Just for
2: a few hours rangers took it back
3: yeah so good for the rangers have to play with a mm-hmm. little bit a little bit of pressure there
2: yeah it feels like both teams are kind of ratcheting up
3: no doubt and
2: then you get scherzer today so that should be fun to see how that
3: goes Yeah, you know, and i'm i don't i haven't seen and maybe you have when verlander will make his first start for presumably this weekend in new york right
2: I would assume so. Yeah, I don't know that I've seen that.
3: So Astros uh, begin a series tonight in the Bronx. We'll have it for you on 100.7. The score at 545, first pitch, uh, just after 6 tonight. They'll play uh, tomorrow night as well. And then Saturday, uh, a noon affair, so 1135 on Saturday morning. And then Sunday at uh, 1205, our time, we'll take uh, take the air for the Astros and the Yankees.
2: Would be cool if it... Both Scherzer and Verlander pitch today. <laughs> that would be cool, right? same day.
1: Uh, Astros have not set a starter for Saturday or Sunday yet.
2: Okay. Yeah, I don't know when Verlander last pitched for the Mets.
0: The Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Today is
3: August the 3rd, 2023. It's uh, escaping the month of August and summer. Well, I mean, it's the countdown is to back to school is really what I was trying to get to. Uh, it's, it's, it's coming coming at us quickly. Yes, it is. For a couple of weeks uh, Better away. Better get
2: ready. Better get your uh, sleeping in done for
3: the next <laughs> right, few weeks. Right. Get your pencils can and we? erasers. Mm-hmm. Here's Jeff McGuire. No, no, no.
2: Hang
1: on. I, we, I just got to. Can we? Sure, you yep. can. We, yep. we can get yep. our sleeping in done now? We're we're just,
3: unlike West Virginia, we're just yep. going to need a, a letter of resignation from you.
2: For, by sleeping <laughs> in for you, we mean put down the game controller and go to sleep. I put the game controller mm-hmm. down at night.
1: 1906 Washington Nationals uh, Tom Hughes becomes the first Major League pitcher to win a one To nothing extra inning game off of His own home run In the 10th versus the St. Louis Browns 1921 Major League Baseball Commissioner Kennesaw Mountain Landis Hands out lifetime bans to the eight Chicago White Sox players accused in the Black Sox scandal despite their Acquittal by Chicago jury
3: how do you think that would play today if uh, players were alleged to have done this were were acquitted? And then, do you think the commissioner has enough stroke today to to ban them? Well, he doesn't the NFL, so why wouldn't he in baseball? I would think
2: so. I would think so. It
1: mean, would
3: be massive. One of them losses. is a jail
1: sentence. Mm-hmm. One of them is no more baseball. Yeah. It, while it might feel like a jail sentence, they are quite different. Nineteen thirty. For the second time in the year, Phillies outfielder Chuck Klein hit safely in 26 straight games. His uh, run halted in the second game of a doubleheader against the Boston Braves, by the way. Mm. 1936, American sprinter Jesse Owens wins the 100-meter in front of Adolf Hitler in the famous race in the Berlin Olympics. It's his first of four gold medals at the games. His winning time... 10.3. 10.3. Here's an odd one for you. 1959, the 27th All-Star Game took place in Major League Baseball. The AL wins 5-3. to three. They then beat the NL 5-3 to three in Game 2 of a doubleheader. Wow. <clears throat> uh, it was to boost players' pension fund. Okay. They played this one at the LA Memorial Coliseum.
3: They played both of them there? At the Coliseum. Yeah.
1: 1987, Detroit Tigers ace Jack Morris ties an American League record with five wild pitches in a 4-2 10-inning loss to the Kansas City Royals. 2004, St. Louis first baseman Albert Pujols becomes the first player in Major League Baseball history. To hit at least 30 home runs in each of his first four seasons, as the Cardinals beat Montreal 10 to six. And in 2012, American super swimmer, swimmer Michael Phelps wins the 100 meter butterfly in London to take the all-time Olympic gold medal tally to a record 17. It's National Watermelon Day. Okay. Are you a fan of the watermelon?
3: I am. I am too. Mm
1: -hmm. And it's also National IPA Day. Happy birthday to Tom Brady, who's 46. James Hetfield from Metallica is 60. Martha Stewart, 82. Todd Gurley, 29. Martin Sheen is 83. John C. McGinley is 63. We might know him better as Dr. Cox and the wrong, 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 wrong guy that we heard yesterday okay yeah and uh, john landis who chuck might think is his favorite director is 73 <clears throat> animal house and blues brothers
3: and blues brothers yeah
1: and on this day in 1958 on the 466th anniversary of the start of columbus's journey across the atlantic mm-hmm. the u.s nuclear submarine nautilus accomplishes the first undersea voyage to the geographic north pole the world's first nuclear submarine, the Nautilus, dived at a point burrow, Ar- Alaska, and traveled nearly 1,000 miles under the Arctic ice cap to reach the top of the world. It then steamed on to Iceland, pioneering a new and shorter route from the Pacific to the Atlantic and Europe.
3: And that is the Stan Sports history. Is there any sub big enough that you would get in and, and do something like that?
2: Um. I think like a real life submarine, I would, I don't think I would want to, I think I would tour one. Mm-hmm. I don't think I would go for a ride in one. Okay. I think, yeah. I, I think,
3: I think i share that.
2: I think I could tour one. I think I could tour Any one. Any of
3: them
1: run by the U.S. Navy.
2: I mean, is that, <clears> yes. <throat> yeah. Yeah.
3: Right. I mean, there's, there's no, that. I, I just don't think I could, I, I don't think I and could stay in one very it's got one that long. I could
2: walk around in. Like, yes. A, like a, yeah. Upright. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: yeah not walk around on my back
3: no I'm, I'm well i i know but i mean i meant i I was thinking about being hunched over and stuff like that yeah
2: yeah okay
1: okay
3: i, I, I mean i was thinking about not not like doing you know the crab walk or something like that
1: <laughs> now you know? would i love to get my hands on one of the i don't even know what they're called they're they're like a mini sub
3: Yeah, i'm completely out on that no,
1: no no it's a uh it's a boat slash sub hybrid mm-hmm that you'll see them like shaped as dolphins or whales or whatever. And they're uh water jet propelled. And when they lose enough speed, they immediately pop up. But yeah. They can dive five or six feet below the water. That I'm, would
3: be cool. I'm, I'm out. I'm completely out on that. I'm, I'm out on kayaks. I mean, Oh man, I love a kayak. <clears throat> I mean, I, I, have you been in one? Oh, a bunch, a bunch. Okay. Yeah. I, I love kayaks. I just, I, I just feel like I would turn that thing over and never come back. I lived like,
2: elsewhere. I bet I would own. We would probably all, own, a own kayak. one. All yeah. four of us probably would.
3: Um, do you want to take a wild stab? You said Jesse Owens winning on this day in 1936, the 100 meters at 10.3. Correct. I'll take a uh, wild guess of what the current men's world record is for the 100 meters. 9.34. Nope. I'll take a guess? I have no clue. 9.58. <clears throat> I'm always and I know I say this every time. I'm just always astounded by records that were set in the in the thirties or the fifties or the sixties and there hasn't been what I would say significant or major differences. Like we're talking about something you know can't do the quick math in my I mean, head. It's almost what, a full 80, second. Eighties point
1: eight seconds. to 9.5? 8. Oh, it's 8.5? 9.58. Okay, so 9.6. We're talking about a
3: half a second, less than a half a second. In 100 meters? Yes. That's a pretty good distance. I don't think so. A half a second, Jeff.
1: In 100 meters, that's a lot of distance.
3: Do you you see it that way, Jamie? I mean, 10.3, that's a half a second. In... 87 years with all the technology that we have today training you know weightlifting sprinting diet you know technique everything in 87 years you've only improved that by a half a second
2: uh, 10.3 seconds not a lot of, lot of room for improvement it's not sure. like it's a you know a mile or something like that sure but I, I I, I guess i kind of fit somewhere in the middle of you two on that um
3: it was meters back then i did look at i did do i did fact check it uh, so it was it was 100 meters in 1936 I
2: guess i'm not blown away by it but at the same time i would have guessed over 87 years with all the modern technology yeah. and the way they train athletes it probably would have been more than that but but again it's only 10.3 seconds it's you know,
3: Your starting time, yeah, I, I get you. I,
2: I mean, going 10 seconds, a half a, s- a second improvement is, you know, what's that? One out of 20, right?
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. So that's only a five, 5% five improvement. I would have guessed it would have been more than that, like you were saying. Okay.
3: Yeah. 654 this morning here. You were doing some kind of math over there. Did you figure it out yet?
1: No, I'm looking for... I, I know I've seen a picture for where the two would be standing in Oh, okay, I got gotcha. you. Between Usain Bolt and Jesse Owens. And it's... I want to say it's like five or six yards.
3: Okay. Uh, somebody points out all the event timing was then by hand. A half second could easily be by human error. But they have gone back and done it with the film of the time. And and by by viewing, it's even 10.3. So I I hear what you're saying. I just... Like I said, the, the long jump record is another thing. You look at what Bob Beeman did in the 68 Olympics versus where it is today, and it's it's not significantly, what I would say, significantly better. Um, it, just, it just goes to show you sometimes, you know, athletes in the 50s and 60s are every bit as good as the athletes of today, even with all the advancements in technology and and things that, that people have uh, today versus... You know, 40, 50 years ago. Hmm. You know, it's still it's still hard to hit a baseball with a wood bat, right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> your daily dose of sports and fun. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction.
3: In the Morning Drive. Good to hear a little NFL music this morning as we uh, get you ready for football. Red Raider football coming your way very very quickly they'll start practice tomorrow the team reports today they've really been in town uh for the most part all summer uh getting in shape doing drills lifting running throwing catching hitting all those all those things probably some meetings as well watching film all that stuff and uh, they'll they'll report today today's the media day for texas tech and the first practice is tomorrow morning and they'll uh, practice uh through uh September excuse me August the 9th they have a total before a day off they have a total of 20 practices before the first game which is on September the 2nd when they play at Wyoming Uh, let's see if you were
1: wondering what that was the Big 12 did a thing during Big 12 media days where they were interviewing players and coaches that were there including Texas Tech head football coach Joe McGuire on should chili be on spaghetti Oh, because of Cincinnati. Because of Cincinnati and ending with the last one you guys heard was Joey McGuire saying doesn't belong on my spaghetti. Okay. So now we know. That's important to know for today because that's Mm -hmm. a question we don't have to ask anymore. Okay. Uh, And we were literally just talking about it's too hot for chili.
3: Right. Yeah, I... I, I, I I don't know. I'm curious. I'm, I'm curious about that. I'm a little curious about that because I do like uh, I like sausage on my spaghetti. I like. I just don't think I would like chili on my on my spaghetti. Do you have an opinion on that, Jamie? I don't like chili. So, do you like spaghetti? Yeah, love spaghetti. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't like spaghetti? Mm-hmm. All right. So we had a question uh, on the Yates Morning Center chat line earlier uh, this morning with regard to uh, the receiver group for Texas Tech. And the question is, who do you think will be the four leaders in receiving yards for Texas this season? I think we have lots of untapped potential with this group. And so within this group of receivers, I'm not including the tight ends, you would have Miles Price, Jordan Brown, J.J. Sparkman, Coy Eakin, Duran Bradley, Dre McCray, he's the new one, Loic Fungi, Brady Boyd, Xavier White, <laughs> Hayden Woodington. Uh, so I mean, you got and Nehemiah Martinez and Tyler King, Andrew Hocut and Jack Esparza and Damarian Cress and Aiden Meeks and T J West. Oh, I mean, you got a lot of guys here. Uh, and one last one, uh, Kelby Vashin, Valson. Valson, He's a freshman from Arlington. Anyway, the the the, the big guns are going to be Fungi and and McRae and Bradley, and you would think. Uh sparkman right those you'd be probably surprised if those weren't your top four receivers right
2: yeah I would guess so
3: okay so last year
2: I mean Bradley price Fungi, McRae would be the the four yeah. that I would
3: expect okay. to yeah, get I didn't mention miles price are we yeah.
1: limiting this just to receivers or anybody who's going to be catching passes well it well I'm asking us i oh. I know what the
2: okay include them all include them all you do you think that a running back that you know had only 13 catches last year or a tight end who there wasn't a tight end that had more than 12 it's gonna I be i think the one top of them
1: guys I, can't, I think one of them could sneak into the top four i think brooks could be in the top four
2: no, i don't
3: i think you're crazy i do too although last year brooks had 26 receptions but just 164 yards in receptions Uh, The leader last year was uh, Bradley. He had 43 for 656. Miles Price caught the most balls, 48 for 478. And then Xavier White had 42 catches for 561 yards. And then number four in terms of yards reception was Nehemiah Martinez. He had 32 for 394.
2: My stats have Bradley and Price each leading the team with 51 catches.
3: Okay, I'm I'm looking at stats. Maybe they maybe they adjusted them. My, my, this stat sheet is dated from November twenty. Oh, I didn't include the bowl game. Well, yeah, this doesn't include the bowl game. I'm sorry. So this is the regular season. Okay, so
2: yeah,
3: I just I would kept the individual stats from the, the the full twelve games. So at any rate, but still, those 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 would probably be your four guys. Uh, uh,
2: Jeff, I would guess Brooks would. Maybe the top six, maybe, Taj could get there. Because if he is more – if it's more one side, you know, last year where it was kind of split up between Taj and Sir Roderick, if it's 75% Taj, 25% Valdez, then then maybe that number, just like his, his touches carrying the ball, you know, rushing – Maybe that number significantly increases. And if he got into the he's 26 last year, if he was in the mid-40s, I bet you he'd have a chance at the top five.
1: That's kind of where I'm thinking that it won't be. I don't think you've got one guy that's going to catch 150 passes.
2: Well, not 150.
1: You're not going to have one guy just dominate your offense like you've seen in the past. I think you're going to have a lot of guys between... 60 and 40 and I think depending on where you fall in that range the Taj could I think he's in that conversation
2: I'll be real disappointed if Bradley doesn't get
3: above 60 counting the bowl game yeah sure
2: no counting I mean you can just
3: include regular season yeah regular season last year he caught 48 so yeah so, so you'll be disappointed if he uh, doesn't get above. I just think us. he's the he's yeah. your
2: biggest weapon as yeah. far as I'm mm-hmm. concerned, mm-hmm. and he needs to be have the ball in his hand a bunch. He's your most talented offensive player. So, I mean, you want to have get the, it, ball, the, ball, the ball, ball in his, his
3: hands. hands, yeah, get the ball in his hands. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, do you think it's do you think it's Price? Do you think it's Fungi?
2: A number of catches, yeah, um, probably Price, yeah.
3: And, yeah, and you know, Fungi had you know the, the last year was his was his best year. He's yep. been injured,
2: and hopefully he can stay healthy. I mm-hmm. think Dre McRae probably fits in there, um, probably right around where Miles Price is too. I think it's hard to hard to know with a new guy.
3: Mhm. And then and you've got uh, Martinez and and White that both you might see some of those numbers drop down because of what. Rice might do, or Bradley might do, or even Dre McCray might do, and Fungi.
2: Yeah, it's good to have so many, so many different So many weapons, competent. absolutely. Yeah, but it does keep the numbers down for anybody.
3: Do you think, if you looked at all the groups, um, you know, the individual position groups, do you think the receivers is the strongest group that they have? Um, I'm talking about offense, defense, special teams. So, offensive line, defensive line, linebackers, defensive backs, running backs, quarterbacks. Yeah, probably. Yeah. It maybe, se-
2: maybe behind quarterback.
3: Mm hmm. It, se- it seems but like you have a pretty good quarterback room. No, with no, the first no two. doubt. No doubt for the first two. But I mean, it just seems like you are, you are very, very deep with what you can do from a receiving standpoint, in, in addition mm-hmm. to your receivers and plus your, your tight ends, if you wanted to include that group. Seems like you've got a number of guys that you can get the ball to. Sure. Now it's like, okay, can you protect your quarterback you can, long enough to be able to get the ball to those guys?
2: Yeah, you can handle one of those receivers being banged up a little mm-hmm. bit mm-hmm. for a little while because you have depth.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no question. Seven twenty-four this morning here on the morning drive. Uh, this comment from the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Actually, a question for you, JL. Did you catch J- Dave Raymond's using book rule double on his call for Josh's ground rule double?
2: Last night, yes, I did.
3: Did that make you f- that swell with pride or <laughs> fire off? Read,
2: read it again.
3: Did you catch uh, Dave Raymond's use book rule double on his call for Josh's ground rule double? <laughs> a little passive aggressive comment there. The ground rule double.
2: I did catch it last night. I was a little surprised, to be honest.
3: Did, yeah. his, did his partner have to ask him about it? Did he? Did I don't
2: I don't remember him asking about it. it. just feels like we just went on. I don't. That's just such a little, I don't know, <laughs> interesting thing with it's baseball. It's a small club, but it's growing, Jamie. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it is. Yeah. I don't think it is.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Time now for Jamie's question of the day on Lubbock Sports Station, Double T
2: 97.3. A right, pretty simple one here, Red Raider football. What player do you think will have a much bigger 2023 than they had 2022? Somebody who maybe wasn't as big of a factor. I think there are lots of candidates here.
3: Lots of candidates here. Antaj Brooks is one could be a yep. candidate um i'm gonna say Loick fungi i think he's gonna have a big year okay. from a receiving standpoint i mean during the regular year last year in 12 games he caught 27 balls 351 yards i think he's gonna be way north of that
1: i'll take the low-hanging fruit but i'll also add one on defense as well i'll take tyler shuck <laughs> Um, with him being your start at the beginning of the year assuming he can stay healthy and start all all 12 games he's gonna have a better year for you um n- numbers wide is alone that he would have to have a better mm-hmm. year um i'd also put rabbit on this list uh, <laughs> i i really do think that uh which one is that taylor Jamerson is going to have a better year this year um and he had a good year last year but i i just i got this gut feeling that he's gonna have a special senior
2: year Okay. Uh, I'm going to take Bryce Ramirez. <laughs> I don't know that it could have gone. Uh, it went pretty pretty bad for him. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, expectations are that he'll be cleared for the first game and um, ready to go. And I, I thought he was making big strides last year. So I feel like there's... There's question marks right now in the linebacking core and, and maybe he's one of the guys that uh, kind of answers some of those questions. Uh, I think both of your answers are good. I, I, I think Fungi is definitely a guy. I think uh, I think Miles Price would be another mm-hmm. receiver. I think Valdez is going to play a much much bigger role just because Sir has gone than he did last year. So sure. He would have been a good answer. I think um, uh, Joseph Adateray mm-hmm. would be uh, another answer as well. It feels like there's lots of guys that, and I'm sure there's some redshirt guys that we you know, don't don't really know that much about that will play big factors too and that did nothing at all last year. But it feels like there's a lot of different candidates for this question.
3: I think Bryce Ramirez, that'll be a question for that Coach McGuire will get asked today, his status and, and will he be... Uh, available week one or will it be week two or or, or where is he where, mm-hmm. where what's his what's his status i think that certainly will be a, a question that joey mcguire will be asked uh, be asked today yeah uh so from a team standpoint and again these are these are regular year stats this does not include the bowl game one one thing where you could really where i really like to see improvement um and man i think if you could duplicate this uh of your opponent this would speak very well for your defense your defense last year with red zone scoring uh only gave up touchdowns 43 percent of the time so 23 of 53 um was what the defense was the offense i think i think this number could improve
2: is, is that good 43 percent of the time when teams got into the red zone they scored a touchdown i i'm Completely asking the question. Well,
3: here, because let me give you what Tech did, what the okay. offense, what what your offense did. Okay. Your offense was successful seventy percent of the time.
2: Okay.
0: Yeah. So, so. Yeah, th- I, I think anything,
1: the, anything below sixty would be good. Really. Well, t- scoring a touchdown in the red zone. I mean, that's they're getting inside the twenty, and you're holding them to three or less.
3: And and huh. and, and here's the deal: the defense gave up over the course of the year forty-one touchdowns. Your offense scored fifty touchdowns. I think if you could get your offense to, and then the the other the, the other thing that goes with this is, and I don't have this number, is how many explosive plays were there? You know, where, you know, where where you gave up more than a twenty yard play or twenty five yard play. Um, but I I do think they'd probably like to improve on their red zone scoring from an offensive standpoint, even though it was seventy percent, thirty five of fifty. Um, you probably would like to see that. That number be higher, closer to maybe seventy five percent. But if your defense is under fifty percent, I would think that's a pretty good number. as As long as as long as you're not giving up the long touchdowns. I mean, if you're because last year they they gave up a total of forty one touchdowns. So so eighteen of those came outside the red zone. So they probably would like to improve on that from from. From tech standpoint, that tech's offensive standpoint, fifteen came outside the red zone. Mm-hmm. So you'd probably like to improve on on your thirty or more yard plays, you know, that are going for touchdowns. That's probably a, an area of that they would really love to to see go down. The the being eighteen of their forty one touchdowns being outside the red zone. That would be that that just be my thought. From a, from a defensive standpoint. But what they did inside the red zone, I mean, we saw that a number of times. The Houston game, the Texas game, the Oklahoma game, where they, either they forced a turnover or they forced a field goal that kept you in the game or allowed you to win a game in overtime or double overtime.
2: Yeah, especially after you, you um, didn't come up on the positive end after some fourth down attempts, mm-hmm. and you gave a team a short field, felt like your defense did a really good job of kind of standing up and making a play there and forcing a field goal at the very least.
3: Yeah. yeah. So that's a, just a just a couple of thoughts there. 7.36 this morning here on the morning drive. Juan writes in this morning on the eighth Morning Center chat line, my wife went to the Women of the Brand event last night and got to meet and see Coach McGuire and several players that made her excited to cheer even louder for the Red Raiders after meeting such nice and positive coaches and players. It's always good to, when, we, when you invite people over it's always good to you know, put on a good show sure it is <laughs> you know i mean sure it is <laughs> you have people over to your house you know for a little din din you don't want to you don't want to serve burned steak or burned hamburgers you know I things like guess that so you know you yeah. want to make sure that people leave there with a smile on their face and you know feeling good about things but that's that's cool that they did that and it's cool that they had a great turnout and uh, also cool that you've sold out the oregon game i mean if you wanted to buy a season ticket you could still get a ticket for the Oregon game, but they have very few of those left. Now, I don't know what the number is that they have left, but my guess is it's a very it's a small number. Sure. But basically, you've sold out sold out the Oregon game, so um, you should have should be a, a big not, a big event for your first home game, uh, and and hopefully that leads to other uh, other opportunities, kind of moving forward to from a sellout standpoint. You know, as you're going as you're going through the rest of the year, mm-hmm. the more that you have behind you, the better off that you, it seems like you play.
2: Yeah, keep winning games. Keep
3: and winning games. And you know. sell out more games. That's right. That's right. So winning, as we all know and understand, uh, cures all ills. Seven thirty eight this morning here on the morning drive. Uh, what's 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 your over under on uh, games started for Tyler Shuck this year? Um. You're going to go 9, 10, 12. 13. 13. You could can, can say 13 if you wanted to. 13. Okay, 13. Jeff, do you think he starts off 13? Yeah. I do. I, I think that you can only...
1: It's not like he's injury prone. It, it's not like he he's had some freak injuries that you don't expect your quarterback to get. Your offensive line is supposed to be better. A the law of large numbers says he should be healthy at some point mm-hmm. and he's had a large number of games that he should have been available for being the quarterback of a college football team
3: uh, I'm going to say 10 okay I just I just have a hard time believing that he's going to start all all 13 games
1: and let's also I mean, in, I'll move that to
3: 11 counting the bowl game
1: let, let's also throw this in there that Texas Tech is due to have a quarterback make yes. the whole
3: season yes 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 no that that's 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 extremely fair the the last guy to do it won a super bowl mm-hmm. although his senior year was not well his last year here wasn't his senior year his junior year was not that makes not, it further away did not, <laughs> did not was not even was not swimmingly well for him um i just i just think for any any quarterback to start every game uh given the how hard they get hit and the proneness to concussion or any kind of uh lower body injury you know i hope i hope you guys are right i really do i mean i just think that 11 will be my number
0: okay okay the morning drive podcast from double t973 is presented by cantex roofing and construction Good morning with jamie lint and jeff mcguire and chuck hines great to have you with us this morning on
3: this uh, first thursday in august we come to you as we usually do from the First United Bank Studio. Again, very comfortable inside the First United Bank Studio this morning. Very nice. Um, I, I think we've had compared to yesterday, which was I think kind of a swervy kind of show yesterday. I mean, we've been straight down the highway today.
2: It was yesterday was more memorable, no question.
3: <laughs> it was. Um, it was just. It was. I mean, we just kind of we stayed in between the lines, but I feel mm-hmm. like we're on this. Constant curving, and you know, you, winding road.
2: You broke Joyce and I with the Baylor line comment. <laughs> you know, <laughs> were weren't the only ones. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> when I walked out of here, Joyce is like, what is he saying? <laughs> I think um, it goes back to uh, the, you know, when you grow up rooting for a team, yeah. you just hate their rivals so much that mm-hmm. there's no way that – any Red Raider fan is like impressed with the Baylor running of freshmen, Okay. You know? <laughs> and that's because of our yeah. long time dislike of Baylor. Right. Um, well, I have uh, a dislike of
3: Baylor. It's just I don't have, I don't hate them. I mean, I yeah, well, I, I think
2: uh, uh, I, yeah, I'm up there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Waco strong Woodman dislike. even thinks strong
3: dislike, so yeah. it can't be that big of yeah. a deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, with regard to our most recent comments, uh, with regard to trying to you have the same expectation because you're not being paid the same. Uh, this person says, "Well said, Jamie." Most of our fans don't think that way. And I, I do think that's a, a great way to look at it. If you look within your own conference, are you are you competitive? Do you feel like you have a chance to win every game? Um, are you are you making progress towards winning a conference championship, whether it's football or any sport? And can you can you advance in? case of baseball, super regional and beyond, getting to omaha. Case of basketball, can you get to the sweet 16? I mean, look, getting to the sweet 16 in in basketball is a significant achievement. Sure. Pretty special. Pretty special, especially when you I mean, haven't done it that many times. Um you know, if you look at the on the women's side, I couldn't even tell you the last time they, they did it. I mean, it's, it's probably back in the what's before Probably, oh eight oh nine season would be my would be my guess maybe, uh, just off the top of my head. Um, so it's been a significant uh, time since since that took place. Um, but if you if you look at the, the the money disparity, which is what Florida State's looking at, it's 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 amazing to me. Just in reading a story last night about the Florida State Chancellor and Athletic Director. Um, the amount of time and effort that they have spent analyzing how much more money the other schools are getting and what their contract looks like and their, their, their media rights, grant of rights, and the fact that they are so concerned about the amount of money that the SEC and the Big Ten is getting compared to the, um, the ACC, and, and then also, even though the ACC has recently changed its revenue distribution model uh, that were, what will were reward success on the football field and the basketball court, they, they want it changed even more that now is related to television ratings and revenue and marketability um, so that they could even get a bigger piece of the pie compared to some of their competitors. But they... They talk about how they have done this deep dive with others um, to have this understanding of what is in the document, what's in the contract, getting legal advice, and it makes me just wonder. Or go, hey, Mr. Chancellor of Florida State, <laughs> I understand that this is a concern, but and it's the president. His name is Richard McCullough. But don't don't you have better things to do? I mean, isn't I mean, I, I don't you have you know, a university to run? Aren't you worried about, you know, academic things and stuff like that? Or is this your your focal point? Is this your sole sole mission here? Because you have a contract with the ACC, and they're basically trying to figure out how to get out of it.
2: I think the president of a university oversees so many different things, Um, some of which were focused on academics, some of which focus on marketing, some of which focus on... You know, bringing better professors in, and some of which focus on what's the best thing for mm-hmm. our athletic department and and our university as a whole. So, getting the president involved in all that makes sense to me. I mean, he's I mean, it's just
3: p- the level, I guess. When I when I look about the time and the effort and the amount of just energy that they're that they're focused on this, it just see, it just kind of struck me as okay. Is that a bit overboard?
2: So, if our university president was doing research to try to help the athletic department you'd be like "Eh, you need to stay out of it
3: no i don't think i I don't think that i just think it was more it was just more to the depth of it was just it just kind of surprised me to the to the depth of it of of, especially for a school that has a contract with with a conference and it appears that it's it's pretty lock solid
2: yeah, they don't solidly want to be there, though. They're solid, they're <laughs> yeah, not, seems but it seems like they're solidly trying to figure out ways to get out of it. Right,
3: right. No, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, I get being involved, and I get under, uh, trying to do some research. It just seems like... It just from the article, and again, I'm I'm just you know looking at it from that one little article. It just seems it's, like man, his sole focus is how do we get out of this ACC deal because we are behind the SEC and we're behind the Big Ten, and there's no guarantee that he's can that they would ever get into the it, does it one say of those. Leagues. Sole focus anywhere? I don't know if it said sole focus anywhere. It just.
2: I mean, the president's saying my sole focus right now is this. I think that probably the academia types would be bothered. Yeah. He, I don't he, think he said it is my sole focus. He, he just said, said we've s- spent lots of time and lots of hours s- and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so let me ask you the next question. Okay. Moving on. Let me ask you the next question. Are other conferences, do they have a similar thing where it's um, – The more you win, the more money you make, or the what Florida State's looking for, the more, the higher your TV ratings, the more you make. Their
3: their, their marketability, not that I'm aware of.
2: Yeah, it's weird that the ACC has that. Seems like you kind of sign up for Mm -hmm. what you sign up for. It's, It's interesting, I don't know that, I think it's a terrible idea. But it would just, Mm -hmm. that seems, I mean, if I'm being completely honest, that seems like something Texas would ask for.
3: Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, In this article, it says no school has gone to court yet to challenge the grant of rights, which exists in every Power Five conference. Florida State, along with other schools in the ACC, has studied the contract language in the grant of rights for more than a year. What, What this tells me is the ACC, hey, you did a bad deal. You should have read the fine print. You should have read the contract. You should have better understanding before you guys all agreed to this. But they all agreed to this because they wanted the money, because they thought the money at the time. I mean, they were beating their chests about how great a deal this was of just a few years ago and now all of a sudden it's like now nah, we got the worst deal in the of all the power five conferences not including pac-12 <laughs> uh
2: what's their money guaranteed per year compared to the big 12 because i thought they were still the third they are best. third
3: yeah they are third okay they are third they're ahead of the big they're ahead of the big 12 but they feel like so they really feel mean. like that they at within, a, within a, with the, with the new big money contracts from the Big Ten and the SEC that the ACC schools could be as much as $30 million behind them per year from a TV revenue distribution point.
2: That's yes, exactly <laughs> where where the Big 12 is. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh... It just sounds to me like they want to do everything they can to get to the SEC or the Big 10 and it's clearly it's the SEC, right? Yeah. They can't be living in a world where Florida down the street from them, the University of Florida down the street from them is getting double in their TV contract compared to Florida State. Yeah. When they know they're just as marketable just as I mean pretty much successful all the above. That's to me that's what it's really about. They're trying to get to the SEC. That's, they're just trying to find ways to get there.
0: This has been the Morning Drive Podcast, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Check out our library of double T97.3 podcasts at double 973com